They say that in the end It comes down to your friends And how many you have left when the day is done Yeah, today and gone tomorrow But not another minute can you borrow So rage on, rage on, rage on My friend it may seem odd to suggest that this is a wise song. It's somewhat whimsical at times, and that whimsicality contributes to its wisdom. A wise song by someone who's lived a while and has something to say about living. This is not a to-be-or-not-to-be tune, but it is asking how to be among life's slings and arrows in the face of the passage of time. Listen to these phrases. When the day is done, here today and gone tomorrow, but not another minute can you borrow. So what to do in this tavern of transients we meet each other in? The song says, rage on, rage on, echoing the poet Dylan Thomas. And the song contends it is possible to rage on against the dying of the light, because in the end, we have friends, real friends who make the raging, the persevering, worth it and give it meaning. These are lyrics written by a seasoned songwriter whose sense of life, whose wisdom, has come with age. And it's one of the tunes by Brett Alexander on a new album from the celebrated band The Badleys, issued just over three decades after the musicians first came together. So a fair amount of time has passed since they started spending time in a recording studio becoming friends. They've titled the album simply The Badleys, a labor of love, we're told, the first offering by the band in its original lineup since 2002, so that's 20 years. And we are invited to a record release concert tomorrow evening at the Kirby Center in Wilkes-Barre. And to mark yet another milestone for the celebrated band, Neil Prisco, WVIA's creative director, had a chance to speak by phone with singer-songwriter multi-instrumentalist and producer Brett Alexander about the reunion and the release with some reflecting on the past. It's a wonderful time of the year and the holiday season's here and you're actually along with the band The Badleys are giving a wonderful gift to the area in terms of a possible show and new album. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what's caused the reunion bringing everyone back together this year. Well it did start last year. We were inducted into the Central Pennsylvania Music Hall of Fame. There's a Hall of Fame ceremony that they have every year down down in the Harrisburg area, and, and they honor a lot of the PA bands like Live and Jeffrey Gaines and Poison and the Sharks and all these bands. And we were we were inducted last year. We hadn't played in about a decade, and we knew we'd have to play a few songs at the ceremony, and we just realized that we're not getting out of it after that, so, so we're going to have to play some gigs. So that was kind of the beginning, was that induction ceremony. 
And for people who might not be familiar with the Badlies, which is wild to me, you know, being in the area for as long as I have now and hearing about so many wonderful bands that have come from Northeastern and Central Pennsylvania, the Badlies really have stuck out over the past 30 years of this band that's kind of had this independent root and actually found real growth and strength more in the independent side than anything else, despite the fact at one point you were assigned to a major label. You guys formed about, was it 1990? Yeah, 1990, yes. So how did it kind of come together? Well, I got out of college and, and I went to work in a recording studio as in, you know, just a recording engineer. And uh, basically everybody else that would eventually become the Badlies were coming into that studio making demos and EPs and records and things with their respective bands. And a lot of those bands were different members were graduating from school and starting different parts of their lives. And we all wanted to keep going with the music thing. So we kind of eventually this, this unit started to coalesce and from the studio. You know, that's where we all met in a recording studio. And so you yourself playing already, not only as a musician, but as an engineer, how did you come into the band if they were kind of coming in? Well, um, basically I was at the studio as an engineer when, when probably the core of the band came in. It was the drummer, Ron Samosik, and the other guitar player, Jeff Seltenberger. They came in with their band, and I was recording them. And then the singer, lead singer, Pete, he came in with his college band, you know, and I recorded them, and, and eventually we all became friends. And so basically, I, I wasn't the first to join what was really the band, but it was kind of the focal point because I was recording all, the, all their bands. You know, it seems not that long ago, but also seems like so long ago, I'm sure, at this point. The music industry itself was very different back in the 90s compared to now, you know, in 2022, almost 2023. You guys, when you were going out and playing, you're getting some recognition in the era, you actually had a sponsorship. I think it was Bud Light. Yeah, Budweiser, yeah. So how did that work? Well, that was great. I mean, like, we did a little tour of mainland China, actually, for Budweiser. Like, they sent us over there at one point, and, I mean, it was just like a sponsorship where they would, you know, they would give you equipment, and they would give you, I mean, you get guitars and accessories and equipment and stuff, and then they and they just kind of made you a sponsor. They made Budweiser the sponsor of your shows, you know, like, because we had a heavy tour schedule. Yeah. How did you find the reception in China to essentially what's American Roots Rock? Yeah, yeah, well... At the time, this is the 90s, you know, so it's kind of like they're all yelling, you know, Michael Jordan, Bon Jovi, Michael Jordan, you know, <laughs> at that time, you know. But, I mean, they loved it. They, they enjoyed it. And anything anything American was uh, was really well received, and they, they were having a really good time. So you travel the world, you come back to this region, and how long was it before you guys began to work on the album that really kind of popped nationally for you, which was River Songs? Uh-huh. That was actually our third, our third full-length record. And we had done one EP before that. So, like, we were kind of on a... I mean, it took us about six years to get onto the national stage. It seems long, but it really isn't. And thinking about three albums and an EP in six years, that's... Yeah, yeah. We were, we'd were work on a, like, you know, like a full-length album. We'd, we'd work on, like, an 18-month swing. And then we'd put little releases out between that. So we, we were always doing something. And it, I mean, that's the one thing I, I really always liked about the band and is that the band worked. They worked hard. What were the influences you were kind of drawing from during that time, especially? I mean, it was a little bit of a dichotomy, you know. I, I'm more of a classic kind of American rock, like rootsy kind of Americana kind of guy. You know, I love Steve Earle and John Hyatt and Tom Waits and other more mainstream things like Tom Petty and Heartbreakers. And that was kind of where I came from, whereas our singer was more on the pop side, more into something like Cheap Trick. So I think we kind of got this rootsy thing that that was radio-friendly is what we ended up with. As you speak about the radio, radio started to recognize you guys purely because mm-hmm. 
you know, you're an independent band from the state that record labels are noticing how much you're getting radio play throughout the state of Pennsylvania. What was it that you think the state really gravitated to in terms of supporting you guys? Honestly, I think the music was really good, but I think that we, we were like one of those bands that we could play live. We were a good live band. I mean, that's how you create a lifelong fan, you know, through your live shows. And I think we could just kind of look people in the eye and play for them, and it was a good night out, you know, <laughs> to come see us play. So it just kind of grew from there. I mean, certainly I, I think we made good music, and there was a lot of bands that were good live bands that never got radio play. But I think I think the, the real thing that made it move was, was our live shows. So as you're going, you guys wind up getting signed, I think it was to A&M? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if people would know about this. I think anyone who does know about you guys would know, but there was a big music video around that time that actually had some tie-ins. If you want to tell us a little bit about, I guess it was one of the actors from ER. Well, if you're old enough to remember the ER, was uh, Anthony Edward Goose on Top Gun. Maybe that's a better reference. (laughs) He was the director of the video, and um, also from ER was Juliana Margulies, who uh, was kind of the main character in, in the story of the video. And a lot of the a lot of the crew from AER, the technical crew, like filming and you know doing all the doing all the shots and all that kind of stuff. A lot of those people were all AER people as well. And so at the time, especially in the mid '90s, that's as big as you can get. And that was a big show, yeah. It's it's pretty amazing to see the local band getting that kind of recognition and response from the music that you're creating. On top of that, you also had a song, actually maybe some of the biggest staying power from that album, "Fear of Falling," was featured with the Olympics. Yeah. Was that something done through the label? And what was that for you? Were you able to kind of catch it live when it happened or it's something you found out about later? I caught it live. I mean, it was it was women's figure skating or something like that. It was during that broadcast and it was, I didn't even know it was going to happen. And I was actually watching the Olympics. So I'm like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, so that was, it was, I wasn't expecting that. See. I have no idea how it happened. I have no idea. So it's national, now it's global, and mm-hmm. now you're beginning to tour, and what are some of the acts that you're touring with at this time? Because now the band's starting to pick up some steam. Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah, in the late 90s, we're touring with a lot of really big, classic, legendary, you know, like like the Allman Brothers, uh, Bob Seger. We play a lot with bands that were kind of on our level at the time, would have been like the Jim Blossoms or Edwin McCain. And we play with everybody, toured around with a lot of bands. We played a we played a show with Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. How yeah. how was that? It's great. Yeah, it was like in the, when they, we were doing the No Quarter tour, and they were doing like that whole Indian Orchestra thing, and it, and it was really good. That's a life event. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, that was. So it was like, am I here? You know? <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool. To backtrack a little bit, River Songs, kind of the basis for that. Were you guys living in Harrisburg at the time? Sealands Grove, PA. So along the Susquehanna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just right north. We made the record. Well, we had a song on the on the record called "Song for a River," which was just coincidence. And and, and like we made the record in Harrisburg, and we lived in Sealands Grove. The studio was right along the Susquehanna, and we lived right along the Susquehanna. So it was just like this straight shot right down the river every day to go work on the record and come back. Now you're on tour. Are you still trying to stick to that coming out with an album every eighteen months? Well, we we've just kind of fired back up here, so uh, we'll see. You know, we made this one in about six. I mean, from no songs to finished albums, so which which is you know as far as like not having any songs and making the whole record and finishing it and releasing it, six months is quick. So uh, we're doing that, and we'll see when we get the next one done. But I mean, everybody's older, but everybody still works. So you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we we're able to do that schedule again. 
back in the early 2000s, it seems like that's when the band started, people started to go separate ways. You kind of fell naturally back into engineering. And how was that experience for you? Great. We, we kind of did both for a handful of years. And then eventually I, I kind of went even more, you know, like when you're not doing, when you're not playing as much as you were when you were in your 20s, you'd settle back into settle back into uh, other parts of your career. So uh, I, I enjoy both sides. I really do. Now, what studio were you working at? Was it just your studio at the time, or did you uh, work at another studio? The lion's share of it, I would work in my own place, yeah. Okay, and yeah. Who, uh, who were you recording with then? My partner, Paul, who was the bass player about it, we were involved in all the formative stuff with the band Breaking Benjamin, who became a oh, wow. very successful band from Northeast PA. And uh, we did make some more records with the Badleys. We made records with an area band called Panacea. More recently, Joe Burke, who is on the bill for the Christmas show. There's just been tons, tons of, tons of artists over time. Obviously, WVI listeners to George Graham of the evening will know Joe Burke well. Eddie Randazzo, yeah, we did. I did a lot of stuff with Eddie. We've had you in for our, in the office series with Ed Randazzo. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's a, exactly, yeah. A special yeah. delight. And also having you on for Homegrown. You know, a lot of your tie-in, you mentioned before the Pennsylvania Music Hall of Fame, and then I think back of River Songs. It seems like Pennsylvania's been really good to the Badleys and vice versa. What do you think it is about the state, the people, the location that really draws the artistry out of you guys? That's an interesting question. I, th- I think that in the case of us, it's kind of like with what we've been doing over the years, it's kind of like just a, an old-school, basic, two-guitar, bass, and drums rock band. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, you know, like in like in these kind of areas, a lot of these Pennsylvania towns, just good, real good working class music towns, you know, like Harrisburg, Northeast PA is all that way. You know, there's love live music up here and Pittsburgh and even Philly. It's just a, it's just a great area for a band like us, you know, just from the beginning, we always wanted to make this music. It just sounded timeless, just kind of basic foundation stuff, so, you know, American rock and roll. So that was what we were trying to do. And so what can listeners expect from the new album that you guys are getting ready to put out? You know, I think there's a couple twists in there, but it's pretty true to form. We had to make the record quickly. Like I said, we made it very quickly. So there wasn't really a lot of time to uh, overthink. <laughs> this was kind of like a reintroduction. So I think we kind of picked up where we left off. I think this would fit in nicely with any of our older albums. How, how's it been for you at this point? You know, you guys, you go apart, you come back together. How does it feel now at this point in your career, especially now with being inducted and having the recognition that you guys have now and also looking forward because there's so much room in front of you? Sure. How, where do you feel the band is right now? Well, I mean, I mean, it feels pretty It feels pretty good. I mean, this is all the original guys, you know, all the original five guys. And uh, that lineup hasn't been working this much, you know, for almost 20 years. We've had different variations over time, but uh, with the original five lineup, and we and we made a record and all that, and I think it really just feels like, you know, we're just kind of getting reacquainted. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a manager, and so we are. We're kind of at this point. We we didn't want to have. We want to do more things ourselves, and it's a lot tighter, more like it was when it started. This is kind of the time of year. You know, it's the end of the year. We're looking at the holidays. People are feeling nostalgic. Looking back on the history of the Badleys, what do you look back on? What do you remember fondly? What, for you, are the key things that you hold on to for the band? Um, I think for me, I think the, my, my favorite time was, my favorite time for the band was right before we got a record deal. <laughs> I mean, my favorite, my favorite touchstone of being in a band and being in this band has always been the songs. A producer friend of mine once told me, he said, you know, it never gets any better than when you write the song, not even the big show. It's just like when you're creating something from nothing, that's that's the greatest feeling, you know. So for me, like the touchstones are, are the songs themselves, but but 
as far as the band as a unit, I think, I mean, we didn't have anybody. We didn't know anybody in the industry. We didn't, it was just kind of step by step, band by fan, one at a time. Show, 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 show. <laughs> and uh, and we built it one at a time. And it just felt to see it all come together right before we actually went into a national situation. I really look at that fun. And yeah. it really is representative of the hardworking people of the area as well. It just shows kind of that work ethic that yeah, the band that's, emulates. That's good word. I always like to ask a little bit of questions about gear and what are you playing on and a little bit of that. And I know some of our listeners will say, what? But I'm very curious to see what guitars you find yourself working with now. Is it something that you're still working with from the beginning or are you trying out some different sounds and things like that? The, the stretching that I do is usually with with equipment is usually in the studio. But for my live setup, for me, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm like a Willie Nelson kind of guy. You know, Willie can afford a new guitar, <laughs> you know, but he plays the one he plays. And I think I think that there's something, I think that as an artist, the, the ultimate point is, is like you, you spend all this time trying everything out and, you know, kind of developing what you want. And the ultimate goal is to own a sound. You know, when you when your song comes on the radio, whatever song it is, it's, even if it's a new song, within a couple seconds, somebody knows who it is. And I, I think that I think that's what you're going for. So to answer the question, I play the same stuff. I play a Telecaster and I play a Gibson 335 and a Twin Reverb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's pretty much what I play. Willie Nelson's guitar is famously named Triggered. Uh, yeah. Does your guitar have a name? No, I, 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 don't, I never named any of my guitars. I, if I did, I'd be like George Horman. I named them all after myself. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like Brett the Third and Brett the Fourth. <laughs> a little bit here at the end. Maybe you want to tell us about the show we've got coming up on Friday night. Yeah, on Friday night, we are playing the Kirby Center. I believe doors are at 6 o'clock, and we're, we're kind of doing this as a release party for our new record. And we're playing with Dustin Douglas and the Electric Gentleman and uh, Joe Burke and company. That's the plan. You know, we, we got some weather challenges here, so if, if anything changes with that, we'll be announcing it. They say that in the end It comes down to your friends And how many you have left when the day is done Yeah, today and gone tomorrow But not another minute can you borrow So rage on, rage on, rage on My friends Brett Alexander singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and producer of the band The Badleys, speaking with WVIA's creative director, Neil Prisco, in anticipation of the album release concert tomorrow evening at the Kirby Center in downtown Wilkes-Barre. Doors open at 6.30, the show is at 7.30. The special guests, as we heard, Joe Burke and company, and Dustin Douglas and the Electric Gentleman. And the FM Kirby Center and Carl Hall are presenting the Badleys and this concert as a new record release show. And so it is tomorrow evening, December 23rd, Friday at 7.30 with special guests. And for more information, kirbycenter.org, kirbycenter.org. And as Brett just told us, they're well aware of the weather events taking place. So if there's anything that changes, they will let us know and they will let you know online. For information about the band, badleys.com, badleys.com, B-A-D-L-E-E-S.com. And that's uh, Badleys record release tomorrow evening at 7.30 at the Kirby Center in downtown Wilkes-Barre. 
with special guests Joe Burke and company and Dustin Douglas and the Electric Gentleman. And all of those performers are actually homegrown music veterans having been hosted by George Graham over the years here at the WVIA studios. My friends from the brand new album titled simply The Badleys. And this is a song written by Brett Alexander. And you can hear highlights of this new release tomorrow evening at 7.30 at the Kirby Center in downtown Wilkes-Barre. KirbyCenter.org or Badleys.com. Is when you are at your best and there's no question that these are troubled times. Some days I don't. There's good guys and bad guys And it's getting pretty hard To tell who is who You're tuned to Art Scene on WVIA. We thank Neil Prisco and Brett Alexander.